welcome to Positive Mental Attitude, a podcast about the positive aspects of mental health. Now, I'm Juliette Burton, your host. I'm also somebody who adores hilarity because I work in comedy. And I also adore positivity because I'm a human. And I have mental health conditions. In fact, I have quite a few of them. I have, let's see, well, I've been diagnosed with the following conditions in my lifetime. Anorexia, anxiety disorder, body dysmorphic disorder, bulimia, bipolar disorder, oh, um, compulsive overeating disorder... Uh, depression I think is in there as well uh, psychotic hallucinations and obsessive compulsive disorder as well I've struggled in the past with agoraphobia and a couple of other things as well but um, I feel like that's enough conditions oh, God, I've had more conditions than my hair has and I do enjoy a very nice warm shower pretty much most days Now, this particular episode of the Positive Mental Attitude podcast uh, is not only possible only thanks to uh, help from Rethink Mental Illness, which uh, is a wonderful mental health charity that I am an ambassador for. Um, Please do check them out if you want any advice on how to handle your mental health or your rights as somebody who may struggle with your mental health conditions. But this particular podcast episode is also focusing on the positive solutions. Now, every single episode of this podcast, I've asked my fantastic guests, and there have been so many, what thing has helped them the most with their mental health conditions, or what few things, couple of things, combination of things, has helped them deal with their mental health um, and kept them mentally well, or helped them on in their mental health recovery uh, journey. I've also asked you, our listeners, for your solutions, your positive solutions. And this particular episode is focusing solely on those solutions. So hopefully, after listening to this, you might have some new ideas of how to help yourself, help others, and maybe just be a little bit more positive. Maybe even start the new year, start 2019 with a few more little mental health tools in your fantastic kick-ass superhero mental health survivor tool belt so here we go here's all of positive mental attitudes positive solutions now we come to a feature called solution of the episode which is a title we are reluctantly sticking to (laughs) here we read out something my twitter followers say has helped them the most in their mental health journey Uh, i mean they they say this they they could be lying i don't know uh, but they don't seem to be the sort of deceptive type so we're going to trust them for now now this uh, solution uh, of this episode is medication Uh, so a lot of people on twitter said that medication helped them Uh, laura have you experienced uh, medication and has that yeah. has it helped you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what what have you been on? Sertraline. And what type what is that? What type um, is that? What is it? Do you know what I don't know? Hmm. Uh it's an antidepressant. I was on quite a low dose, I believe. Uh and I took that for about a year. So I've I've tried medication in the past. I've been through different uh, periods where I I felt like I really needed something chemically different mm. and nothing I was doing was making any any difference. Um, and I've had different experiences of it. So it was Prozac um, was my first when I was 16 and that was a bit too much too young right. um, for me. Uh, but I think that that was a long time ago and nowadays they, they won't prescribe that amount for that 
young a child. Um, but I've also had anti, um, anti-anxiety meds and mm. uh, other SSRIs. And um, nowadays I'm not on anything personally right now, but I always know that it's there. Oh. And, uh, Rethink Mental Illness have said officially, they've given me a little statement about um, whether this helps or not. And they say, uh, depending on the type of mental health problem you have, medication can be helpful for some, even life-saving. Your doctor who is prescribing medication should always explain the benefits risks and side effects to you and you should also get regular reviews to track how it's going some medication like antipsychotics can have serious side effects like extreme weight gain it's important that your doctor discusses this with you and you are clear about how to mitigate these effects uh, as they could potentially cause additional problems like diabetes i think always with side effects though it's it's important to be aware of them but they don't always affect everybody no. like when i came off the pill but everyone was saying oh you're gonna have weight gain and spots yeah. and all sorts and you look at the side happens. effects that they list on the hormonal pill mm. and girls just get funneled onto that and then the second you talk about possibly trying antidepressants somebody will tell you they'll make you a zombie and they'll make you put on weight F- for me antidepressants you hit the nail on the head of knowing they're in the background knowing they're there I when I went in was frog marched in uh in twenty sixteen to get help. They said, Do you want antidepressants? And I said, No, obviously I don't I don't want pills, I don't want the kill, of course. Uh I'll take the therapy, thank you. And they said, Cool, you're on a list, see you in six months. And I went, Oh, I can't I can't I can't carry on like this for six months with no help no no thank you I'll take the pills thanks very much and I started taking them and I felt violently sick for about a week um for about four to five hours after taking the pill I would feel like I was going to throw up for about a week and then just perfection I don't know if I got lucky or I assume it wasn't luck it was a doctor's medical knowledge and understanding the situation got me on the right ones and they just took away a layer of thoughts that weren't meant to ever be there. And it was bliss. And I took them for a long time and then came off them when I was coming to the end of my therapy so that I could experience some therapy without them there in case uh, they were blocking something that I needed to get help with. So I wanted to have... Does that make sense? Absolutely. I just wanted the end of the therapy session block that I had then to be uh, off stabilizers. Yes. Yeah. Just, just to make sure that there was nothing lurking that I'd then come off them and all these thoughts had come rushing back and I wouldn't have the therapist there. I think the thing that I missed out of the medication um, experience when I was younger, when I was first put on them, was the idea that it was a conversation that I needed to have with my doctor. Yeah. That it was an ongoing dialogue, the experience of being on whatever medication it was, I needed to let them know what it, how I was getting on with it. I just thought I would go away, take it like any other pill, you know, like a paracetamol. You don't tell people, oh, by the way, my headache's gone. It's I I I think therefore I experienced quite a few side effects that actually I, I found quite scary. Mm. Um but they I think I had for antidepressants, I had some jitters, like physical tremors, um, more suicidal thoughts at the at the time. But um, since then, I've now realised that I can have that conversation, and I've been given um, some amazing uh, medication. My my the latest anti anxiety medication that I was given was amazing. I think it affected my bloodstream rather than my body chemistry right. or something. It was one that I could take. 
I didn't have to take every day. I could take okay. it when I knew I was going to struggle with a specific episode of something. So it was like a an, a period of time that I it was short term kind of yeah. uh, medication. I really loved it, but having that conversation and that dialogue about the the dosage as well as the type of medication. Um, I think the last time I spoke to my doctor, they also said, oh, you could have it in a pipette form rather than a pill huh. form. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Now, um, Laura, before you came on the podcast, I asked you uh, what your best solutions, your most positive solutions, things that have helped you the most with your mental health. And you said getting hobbies, board games, gardening and a personal trainer. Yeah. And I turned to Rethink and said, uh, Rethink Mental Illness, could you tell me whether she's correct? How can this, can this help people? <laughs> and they said, Laura is definitely correct. Uh, they said that spending time in nature, which was part yeah. of gardening for you, um, can benefit both your mental and physical well-being. For example, doing things like growing food or exercising outdoors can have lots of positive effects, um, like improving your mood, reducing stress and improving your fitness levels. Do you have you found that? Yeah. I think for me, one of the big things I had to cope with was realising I'd boiled my life purely down to the necessities and filled it with stuff that took up my time and didn't actually make me feel anything. All of the things in my diary were just things to be ticked off. And I got to a point where I went, right, I'm not interested in films or... um all these things that other people do for pleasure. I've got to find the things that actually give me pleasure. And I wonder how often people do that, actually look at the hobbies and social events and occasions and things in their diary and just take out everything that they are not actively thrilled about going to. So I got myself an allotment and I said to myself, if you don't like it, we're not feeling obligated to do this. We're going to do it for six months. If we like it, it stays. If not, it's gone I took up Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which is a sort of creative role-playing game, and I started playing that. And again, I thought, if I don't like this, I'm not leaving it in just because I've committed a bit to it. I, it is okay to stop doing things that you're not interested in. Your mum's lesson about sticking with the violin because you've started playing it now doesn't exist. What is the point? And, uh, yeah, I, I started to get fit. I started to see a trainer because my body image annoyingly has a huge effect on my mood, and I hate that. I don't believe that what weight I am should affect me, but it does, so I decided to take control of it. So uh, thank you all sincerely for helping me create this content because I really do appreciate not having to do it myself. Uh, a very common one this episode, a lot of people said on social media that a really positive thing to help your mental health is pets hmm. hanging out with pets we spoke about uh dogs briefly earlier me and johnny uh and apparently rethink say rethink mental illness say officially that pets can be a great source of comfort companionship and motivation for their owners for example walking a dog often leads to conversations with other dog owners and this helps owners to stay socially connected and less withdrawn people who have more social relationships and friendships tend to be mentally healthier Pets can also have calming effects on their owner. Just by stroking, sitting next to or playing with a pet can give owners a chance to relax and calm their minds. Have you ever had a pet, Johnny? No, I'm really... No, but I'm desperate. I'm desperate for, for, for a dog. And when you were 
just saying all that then I was just like oh my god I really want a dog so much maybe the universe is telling you now's the time I could co-own it with you because I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not allowed a dog in the flat that I'm living in but yeah, I'd, see I'm not either but I dog sit other people's dogs yeah, really? so I go around to their house when they go Amazing. on holiday really really good oh. highly recommend that I read a book actually called um, A Friend Like Henry have you, have you heard of that I've not heard of it Tell me about it. Well, it's it's all about a young boy with autism who gets... It's a true story, and he, and he gets this... His parents are really struggling, really struggling. Things are really difficult at home. And he gets this dog, Henry, and it just transforms his life. And the way that you... It's a beautiful book, and um, the way it transforms his life was just extraordinary. It really was extraordinary. I knew that dogs, you know, they, they have this healing nature, but through this book, I, I really got to see how healing... Uh, pets can be and I just I really want I, I really want a dog but yeah it's hard because uh, I'm not allowed one at home and uh, travelling I travel quite a lot so it, it wouldn't be fair on the dog but um, same as me yeah but I hear that um, that there's now dogs being almost prescribed for people yeah. with acute anxiety or acute depression yeah. and um, I definitely if, I love hanging out with dogs because they, they calm you down yeah, they, they do. soothe you they really and do. they don't care how depressed exactly. I am exactly. or, or how, whether I've gained any weight or lost exactly. any weight they just love me but Johnny, I asked you before you came on uh, on the podcast uh, what your solutions uh, or solution you can't cure mental illness, mm. but perhaps things that have helped you the most with your mental health journey. Uh, and you said it's a combination of things, including medication, therapy and mindfulness, mm. learning about self-compassion. And apparently mm. you're having compassion focused therapy at the yep. moment yep. has been extremely useful to you. And music, hiking and detoxing <laughs> from technology at regular points is also crucial. Yeah. Now, Rethink Mental Illness have said, officially, uh, music, listening to music or playing an instrument can help manage stress, provide a way to relax and be in the moment. Music therapy is a specialist uh, use of music that aims to facilitate physical and emotional well-being. And you said that uh, different types of therapies have helped you in the past. And they say that CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, is based on the concept that your thoughts, feelings, physical sensations and actions are interconnected and that negative thoughts and feelings can trap you in a vicious cycle. You're shown how to change these negative patterns to improve the way you feel. Unlike some other talking treatments, CBT deals with your current problems rather than focusing on issues from your past. This may be helpful for some, but there are lots of different kinds of talking therapies, including psychotherapy and compassion-based therapy. What is compassion-based therapy? So, yeah, I've been having that for couple of years now and it's really focusing on well essentially yeah self-compassion uh, compassion for other people and as an example something will come up in therapy and we'll have different chairs within the room and my therapist will say right so if you sit in the chair of the self-critic and then I'll sit in the chair of the self-critic and I'll almost speak from the place of the self-critic and try and really understand maybe what's going on with a certain issue, with something that's come up. And then I'll go to the seat where I'm sitting in the chair of the uh, self-compassionate uh, side of me. And then I speak from that. And, and that's hard. It's easier to talk from the self-critic place. But, you know, I try and tap into that 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 self-compassion that I have. And it, it does, it makes a difference to kind of talk from that place. And it's it just really, it's trying to get really deep into, because um, we've all got it in there, I think, that, that compassion, that self-compassion. But often the self-critic is... Much more dominant, so it's it's really trying to build up um, that 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 reserve of, of self compassion, and it's it's uh, it's been really great. It's been really great for me. Yeah, really interesting. Now, um, our solution for this particular episode, uh, it was a very common one that a lot of people said, um, and it's a bit of a surprising one. Uh, a lot of people on social media said that social media 
is actually a really good way of helping uh, mental health. Um, and Rethink have told me that their official line on this are, is that uh, social media and uh, social network uh, gets a lot of bad press. But while there are drawbacks and risks to being on social media, for example, cyberbullying or constantly comparing yourself to perfect images, there are also a lot of benefits to be had. Many people with mental health problems say that connecting with others via social media is one of the things that they find the most helpful in their recovery. Uh, now, I actually really love uh, social media. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me on social media at Juliet Burton with two T's and an E and Juliet. Think Juliet Binoche and think Burton like Richard Burton, although unfortunately I'm not related in, to the best of my knowledge to either of those two people, sadly. Um, now, Rachel, if anyone wants to follow you on social media, where would they go? Um, yes, I mean, yeah, I'm at Rachel Kelly hyphen net on Twitter. Fantastic. Uh, And Rachel, I also asked you before you came on the podcast what your uh, positive solution was, what the one thing that you have uh, found has helped you the most. Uh, And you said poetry and oily fish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, I suppose one's for body and one's for mind. Um, So for me, the two are absolutely at the heart of, of, of looking after yourself. You need both, not just enough to sort of address the physicality. You also need to address the psychology. As I say, I think um, there's lots of different nutritional strategies. Probably uh, the single easiest one is is to increase your oily fish, tuna, mackerel, herring. Um, I know that's um, expensive fish, but um, as I say, um, our brain's 60% fat and it's making such a difference. Here's what Rethink have to say oh, yeah, official, officially oh, about yeah. oily fish. Ooh, I hope they say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they said um, a healthier diet. Uh, well, there is growing evidence that certain foods, for example, oily fish, yeah. leafy green vegetables, can boost mental health. And there is a strong link between the gut and the brain. Oh, cool, cool. As well few, as, few. <laughs> they continue to say, as well as what we eat, also thinking about how you eat can yeah. have a big effect taking time for meals is very important where possible and when a person is stressed their body may be unable to digest and absorb food properly now i found that actually is one of the biggest rules for me is always sit down to eat a meal yeah um and i was that was drilled into my head but quite often it's difficult to do that when our lives I are know, so busy on the road it, yeah. it's really interesting and nutritionists are really in, intrigued by the french because actually the french if you looked at their diet, have sort of a much kind of less healthy diet. They're very sort of quite high fat and stuff like that. But they have better health outcomes on nutrition. And, and people think it's because there's still more of a culture of sit down, you know, lay the table, pause, enjoy your food. I knew you there know. was a reason why I wanted to go to Paris yeah, more often. Yeah, it wasn't so just the sexy men. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think it's not as true as it was. You know, it's a bit of an idealisation, but there's something there. And I think that's absolutely true. And, and I think that's been important for me as well. And, and cooking's part of that as well, a sort of, you know, using it more as a kind of calming meditative act. You know, you've got to cook anyway, so you can just sort of almost enjoy it much more and focus and be, be present while you're doing it rather than shoving something in the, in the microwave. Uh, now it is time for solution of the episode. Uh, thank you for all of your suggestions uh, that you've tweeted us uh, at Juliet Burton. Uh, some of them have been so good that I've been tempted to induce problems simply to try out your solutions. So our solution for this episode is, it's one of my favourite, it's gratitude lists. Now, uh, Rethink Mental Illness say that journaling 
or gratitude lists uh, have been shown in studies uh, to be able to be really, really helpful for your mental health. Uh, Writing about your day, your feelings and your worries can clear your head, help you to sleep, feel more relaxed and solve problems. And I do this. I I tend to do um, counting 10 things I'm grateful for. So if I'm really struggling with my depression or anxiety, if I just force myself to take a moment where I count 10 things I'm grateful for, on my hands uh, as I count them down uh, each digit then it's um, it just helps me to focus on the things I have in my life not the things I lack uh, to focus on being present in the moment Um, Adam do you ever do that do you ever yeah yeah big big fan of this I did a a TED talk in um, Lincoln recently TEDx Rayford Paul and one of the guys there um, Jakob that was the basis of his whole talk he wrote this whole book on gratitude and he said he said even writing it for him just changed his life. And he went from being a really angry, grumpy so-and-so to just being so full of kind of gratitude, joy, empathy, What love. you focus on, what you focus on is what you get. I really believe that. No, I, I, absolutely. And it's something I've been really conscious about trying to do very, very deliberately. Um, I've only been doing it for, for about a month now. We're just messaging people going... You know, just telling people that you care about, you, you care about them. I think um, we're in danger of treating relationships as disposable. And I think if you can really dial in on on who you've got around you, how much they mean to you, and how that should work itself out in reality, that's it's, incredibly helpful. It's so easy, I think, to, to miss, to focus on all the things that maybe are negative and miss the things that are wonderful in your life and they're positive to bring it back to positive mental attitude and um it's so easy to not celebrate that enough um and actually we've got so much to be grateful for like there's even even in the depths of of the worst mental health episodes i've had i've i've got amazing family amazing um friends um I'm very grateful right now that you've come on this podcast because uh, and to have you as a friend as well because we've known each other for quite a while now. We, we have. You haven't stopped hanging out with me yet. Um, I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to give you reason to stop, but no, you just keep. But none of them are good enough, quite quite frankly. You've got to go nuclear. Okay. To to stop me hanging out. Hanging out with you. Challenge accepted. Excellent. Uh, now, uh, before you came on today's podcast, I asked you, Adam Pearson, what your solution of the episode was, what things have helped you the most in your mental health journey. And you said to me uh, via email that there's a lot to be said for counselling and psychotherapy. Everyone's mental health journey is different. We all have different mechanisms that help us cope with our situations and manage our own madness. Uh, but, but you have always advocated communication and community as a way of helping oneself through it. Uh, depression and anxiety can be a lonely place. The amount of stigma attached to mental health merely stands to exacerbate this feeling, you said. Uh, though a big step in managing everything is realising that you're not alone and that it's okay not to be okay. Uh, so that's, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like something I'd write. That, that was what you said. Um, <laughs> and Rethink Mental Illness, I went away to them and said, hey, was Adam right? Is, is Can counselling and can friendship help? And they said, yes, Juliet, why are you questioning your uh, podcast guests? Um, and they've sent me back some reasons, some expert voices on why counselling and friendship can help. Uh, so they said counselling can help you gain a better understanding of your feelings and thoughts and processes and finding your own solutions to problems Uh, but they won't usually give advice or tell you what to do counselling can be accessed through the NHS or privately or through charities like Mind and when you come to friendships because you speak so wonderfully about friendships and friendships are wonderful Uh, you're one of my very good friends Adam so thank you for that 
rethink mental illness actually have a, an official stance on friendship. Uh, they say that friendship is a crucial element in protecting our mental health. We need to talk to our friends and we want to listen when our friends want to talk to us. Our friends can keep us grounded and can help us get things in perspective. It is worth putting effort into maintaining our friendships and making new friends. Friends form one of the foundations of our ability to cope with the problems that life throws at us. Um, would you agree with that, Adam? I, I would. I would. I've got a lot of good friends, one of whom is sitting opposite me. Hey, babes. Right, right now. How you doing? I don't know why um, I'm still calling you babes today. I, I, I know, I know. I'll, I'll take it though. It, it, it's, it's meant with affection, so I, I will take it lastly. But no, you know, I got, I got a lot of friends. One of my friends, Mark. If either of us are having a, a stressy day, we'll just WhatsApp the other and be like, "I want to watch wrestling and not think about my life for a few hours. Are you available?" And they'll be like, "Yeah." And then we'll, you know, hang out, watch a bit of wrestling. Uh, my best friend Anna. Um, if ever I'd rest a feeling like kind of lonely, or be like, hey, I'm feeling lonely, do you want to go get kind of food or coffee or something? And yeah. then I'll, I'll normally reply going, you're vegan, this might be tricky. And she'll <laughs> reply going, shut up. And then we'll, we'll compromise and go get vegan food. I think people underestimate when it comes to mental illness how much of an, a positive effect a little text just saying, hey, how are you, can have. If, if you have a friend who is struggling with uh, their mental illness or you, or you suspect might be struggling with an undiagnosed mental illness, uh, just send them a quick text and just say, hey, yeah. how are you, I'm thinking of you. Um, if they don't answer, don't take it as a slight, a personal slight. It, they are, they're probably going through a lot, but just reaching out to them and keeping yeah. that communication clear. Um, now, so, this is the time of the episode where we're going to focus on solutions, uh, the positive aspects of mental health. Uh, firstly, um, what things, Emily, have you found has been the most positive things you've learnt uh, about yourself or about the world thanks to your mental illnesses? Um, I think about this a lot because I sometimes get asked like, if you could, you know, click your fingers and not have bipolar, would you do it? And I previously when I was younger I was very resentful and kind of depressed for want of a better word about having bipolar and I would have said yes like please give me the magic potion to cure me of bipolar but now I don't think I would um I think I'm quite I've come to terms with it I'm at peace with it and I think it's given me so so many positive things um I mean I have a career writing about mental illness and like I said I get so many emails and messages from people um someone came up to me in a bar the other day and said that she loved my book and like it meant it means so much to me that I've helped lots of people um and I feel really really privileged to have a platform to go on things like this and to have written a book about it and to write for you know mainstream newspapers about mental illness and kind of shining a light on things that people aren't aware of I think that's a real privilege and I feel really really lucky that I get to do that for a living um I also think it's given me um kind of a really deep understanding of myself and a kind of emotional intelligence that I'm, I don't know whether I would have had otherwise um, obviously as you know if you've got a mental illness you spend a lot of time thinking about yourself um, mm. um, which can be a negative if you're kind of ruminating but also I think it can give you a much better understanding of who you are as a person which is a massive benefit and I also think I'm a lot more empathetic um, and I think I understand other people and I'm quite kind and forgiving of other people's motivations and, you know, other people's behaviours, which I think is a real gift 
I think I I completely agree. I I've um, some of my friends have said. Uh, that I'm unnecessarily nice. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we should hang out a lot more. Yeah, uh, we would, yeah I, I don't. I don't really see why I wouldn't be. Uh, because you, if you've if you've experienced mental illness, then you are forced to understand that a behaviour is not who a person is. Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody's behaving in a way that uh, might be might seem at first to be unforgivable. It's always forgivable because it you have no re, no idea what the reasons are behind that behaviour, um, and we're all flawed. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you that means you necessarily, which is another thing I've learned recently. You don't have to accept someone's bad treatment of you for any reason, but I think it's a positive to understand why someone might be behaving the way that they're behaving. And I think. I saw a really nice. It was a it was a weird. It was a car sticker. It said, um, oh, "I I learn everything <laughs> I need to learn from car stickers." Wisdom of car stickers. It said something like, "To forgive others is to forgive yourself," and I really like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I that the, was really nice. There's a Buddhist idea of um, if you're feeling anger, um, anger is like holding onto a hot stone. Uh, hot, I'm, I'm paraphrasing badly. I'm so <laughs> sorry to the Buddha and the Dalai Lama and all of this, all of that lot. Um, but if you're holding onto a hot stone, expecting somebody else to be hurt by it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So exactly. want, wanting to throw the hot stone and and but not um you're only hurting yourself so i mean but then equally i've also realized i've written for, for rethink mental illness actually about anger and um i've also realized that it's not about not feeling angry it's about different ways of expressing it and yeah, also absolutely. using it as a motivational aid to help me spur myself on to do something to change something for the better yeah um now the solution of the episode. Um, we we have a solution of the episode every every episode of uh, Positive Mental uh, Attitude podcast. Um, obviously, uh, feel free to use this solution while listening to another episode. It won't become ineffective next week <laughs> or anything. I promise. So uh, you can uh, take take on board all of this positive solutions. And um, we asked loads of people out there on Twitter what they found most helpful with their mental illnesses. We've had loads of people say things like hypnotherapy, um, self-help books, self-help groups, reading. Oh, reading. Mm, there we go. I've got some good, excellent books out there. What, what, what are two that we were going to recommend at the moment, Emily? Um, I would recommend a book called A Beginner's Guide to Losing yeah. Your Mind by oh, Emily yeah, Reynolds. Yeah, that would be my that would be my tip. I hear there's another one coming out by that amazing author yeah, as well, but we don't know when yet. Um, <laughs> or what the title is. <laughs> what's going on. Uh, but just search for Emily Reynolds uh, and you'll find uh, something at some point. There'll be a second book. Sleep as well. Absolutely. Sleep. Yeah, that's one of my big ones. Is if I haven't, if I have no idea about what else to do to look after my mental health conditions, sleep. Even if I'm in a depressive phase and I'm sleeping too much, mm -hmm. there's very rarely a time that sleep will harm my mental health. Yeah, um, I actually learned a really useful thing in AA. Sorry to interrupt you. No, there. no, no. I love, um, I love it. About uh, so this was for when you want to drink and you don't want to drink. Um, but I found it quite useful for everything really like mental health it's, it's halt are you hungry angry lonely, lonely or tired, tired? Yeah, yeah I'm there with you babe yeah <laughs> love it I was like this is so useful why has no one told me this before but it actually is really really useful when you're feeling really 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 bad yeah sort those things out and by the time you've kind of addressed those things sometimes the really really bad feeling has passed anyway so. yes 
out. There have been some great suggestions sent in from our lovely listeners so far. Uh, some not so great, but I don't want to call them out in case they're from people with sharing anxiety and it knocks their already fragile confidence. So, uh, lovely guys, if you have any uh, listeners out there and who want to get in touch, if you want to um, tell us what your solution is, what your one thing that helps you the most with your mental health, uh, please do tell me because I'm trying to collate them all uh, to make sure that uh, I, I have uh, more tools in my own tool belt because I thought I had loads, but um, I, I can always collect more. Uh, anything that you that you feel has helped you. Um, we've had uh, hypnotherapy, self-help books, self-help groups, comedy even. Uh, as a comedian, that's very <laughs> pleased to hear that what I do helps some people. Now, uh, Shakira, you have mentioned... Uh, to me, we, I asked you before you came on the podcast um, what your one thing helped you, that helped you the most was. And you said exercise has been a huge part of mm-hmm. your recovery and also having children was a big catalyst for you to get help. Um, and that you also think it's been important to find the right kind of help, um, that you've tried hypnotherapy. And again, that's also been instrumental in your recovery. Can we just briefly, because we've, we've spoken a lot about the exercise and mm-hmm. about your, your children uh, children's role in, in helping you get help, but the hypnotherapy, because I've tried hypnotherapy and I've had mixed experiences. What was your experience with hypnotherapy? Do you know what? That was um, probably the turning point. So the, the point with my son that I spoke about was kind of, as you said, you know, open that crack and let me explore everything. But hypnotherapy was incredible for me. I mean, at the very base level, if nothing else, it taught me how to slow down and give myself time. I hated sitting still. Whenever I was feeling really anxious, because I, I also struggled with um, anxiety attacks, and when I hated sitting still because any time I sat still, I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, I'm going to have it. So I would constantly fiddle, tap, any, anything to distract myself, even pinch myself, anything, anything, anything. And hypnotherapy really allowed me to slow down. And as I said to you earlier, you know, physical stress and mental stress to me are related. They allowed me to slow down, relax my body, take some deep breaths, which I hated doing, but now I love it. Take those deep breaths and really take the time to readjust my mind and learn about my mind. You know, you have to open your mind and really take that time to listen. It helped me just sort of adjust those levels and turn the anxiety down and listen more to what else was going on. Fab. Now, uh, Rethink Mental Illness, our lovely friends at Rethink Mental Illness, um, they've said that uh, what they hear a lot from people is that being with people who are in a similar boat can also be a big support as well as everything else. Not one thing is going to help uh, everybody. Uh, lots of what works for one person might not work for the next. Uh, but try things out and see what works for you. That's their biggest um, bit of advice. They've also said that knowing you're not alone uh, is a big, big help for a lot of people. And that's why Rethink Mental Illness has helped to set up over 100 peer support groups across England. Uh, so if you are in England, uh, please go to rethink.org to find out where your nearest one is or to get advice on how to set up your own. And even if you're not in England, you can still find a lot of advice on rethink.org uh, to about how to set up your own support groups and also um, advice, practical support um, and about mental health and about legislation attached to mental health as well. Uh, now over to you, listeners. What solution has helped you the most? Or if you want to give yourself room to build, what solution has helped you the second most? Uh, tweet me your solutions at Juliet Burton, J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E-B-U-R-T-O-N. And why not at the lovely Cast Positive, uh, the Positive Mental Health Attitude podcast uh, Twitter handle as well. That's at Cast Positive. Um, and where, where can we find you on Twitter as well, Shakira? So on Twitter, I'm at Shakira Akabusi. 
Good luck spelling that. Um, <laughs> and on Instagram, it's at shakira.akabusi. But if you search for Strong Like Mum, you'll find me there. I'm also on Instagram as well. And uh, Shakira and I have started following each other on there. Um, I'm at Juliet underscore Burton. Well, we, we do need to talk about the solution of the episode. Uh, and we've come to that time of the episode now. So thanks for all of the solutions that um, the listeners have sent in so far. Um, even the totally impractical and outright legal ones. Um, it's nice to know that people are feeling engaged. Um, this is the section of the show where we're asking people um, what the one thing is that has helped them the most with their mental health conditions. And I asked you before you came on the podcast and you said, I don't have any mental health conditions. And I thought, oh, I didn't well. say it like that. <laughs> I did not say it like that. But yeah, I did say that. You did. I'm paraphrasing. I wasn't flipping about right. it. No, you, you weren't. I, I mean, you texted it to me and tone is... is yeah, you read into it. Yeah, you were, yeah. yeah. Um, I, but you said that it was your... Although you haven't struggled with mental health conditions as a diagnosis, yeah. You perhaps your mental well-being overall has been helped and enhanced by your work that you now do. Yeah. Well, my, my general sense of self has been enhanced and with it, my life has therefore been enhanced and you, you tie all those things together. And of course, that then makes it less likely that I will end up in a bad place because I'm content with who I am. If I'd carried on down the path of pretending to be this macho dickhead that I pretended to be for so long, I don't know where I would have ended up. Like a lot of guys, I might have ended up in a place where I was miserable, I was hanging around with people that I didn't like, I was doing things that I didn't want to do, and I wasn't feeling the things that I needed to feel. And now that will hopefully never happen. I will never get to a place where I don't feel myself, where I don't feel I'm able to be myself, and where I don't feel able to express whatever it is that feels like Chris Hemmings on whatever day it is that I'm feeling it. And I'm fortunate to have people around me now that understand that. I have people around me now who came to me when I was in a bad place, when I was three months into the cocaine and alcohol binge and said to me, hey, mate, stop it. You're getting to a dark place and we want you to come back from it now. You've had enough. That's enough of the darkness. Come back. And I'm not sure if the people that I'd, that I'd been around at university would have not even whether they'd have wanted to, whether or not they would have been able to. That's the point. I'm sure they would have wanted to, but it's the, the whether or not they would have had the the capacity and empathy to, to be able to reach out to me. And as I'm repeating what I've already said, but surround yourself with the people that get you and the people that allow you to be you and your life will be so much better. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Juliet Burton. This has been the Positive Mental Attitude Podcast. Thank you to all my amazing guests for their incredible positive solutions. Why not give them a go? Give a couple a go. Uh, let me know how you get on. Do tweet me at Juliet Burton. Uh, that's on Twitter. Find me on Facebook, Juliet Burton Writer Performer. Find me on my website, JulietBurton.co.uk. That is spelt, by the way, J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E-B-U-R-T-O-N. And if you want to find me on Instagram as well, 
if you're so inclined. It's Juliet underscore Burton. I would love to hear from you. Tell me what your positive solutions are and tell me how you get on with our positive solution suggestions. And remember, yes, there might not be a particular solution or cure for mental illness, but there are things that we can all do to help ourselves and each other. So until the next episode, stay positive.